Hey, this is Sarah Marie, and you're listening to the Soul of Worship, Are You Making a Sound podcast. Here, we study the Word of God in an effort to get to know Him more deeply so we can worship Him more authentically. In the Soul of Worship online Bible study community, we are currently deep diving into the book of Psalms and unlocking the power with prayer and praise. To make these studies more readily available, I will also be loading the audio from our weekly lunchtime live recaps to the Soul of Worship podcast. If you'd like to join our Monday night Zoom discussions or get the PDF downloads, you can register at www.soulofworship.com forward slash online Bible study, or you can create a login to the workshop, our online learning portal at soulofworship.com forward slash workshop. Thank you for being here, and I pray that God speaks to you throughout today's class. God bless everybody. Sarah Marie here, Soul of Worship Ministry. We are ready to dive into our Lunchtime Live, our weekly recap of our online Bible study series. And so I see we've got uh, quite a few folks on already um, over on Facebook. God bless you, Gidget. God bless you, Pastor Selena. God bless you, Renee. God bless you, Angie. Um, and so this is awesome. We are ready to get started. Amen. And so I'm going to pray and we're going to jump right in because there is a lot to go over today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this day. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your goodness, God. I thank you, Lord, for another opportunity, Lord, another day, another another day with breath in our lungs that we can proclaim your name, that we can call out to you, Lord, that we have a good, good father. Lord, we thank you because you're a good father that we're able to call out to in our time of need and that you respond. And so God, we are going to be talking about some powerful deliverances, some powerful songs that were released onto your throne, Father God, through your servant David. And so Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that these words would come alive. Holy Spirit, I pray for your uh, um, your conviction to come into our hearts, Lord, for you to illuminate our minds and illuminate your scripture, bring light to the wisdom and knowledge that is revealed through these through these passages, God. And Lord, I pray that you would minister to each and every person wherever they're connecting from right now and that you would speak into their hearts, God. Lord, let your word come alive, Lord. We know that your word is living and it is active. We know that your word is sharper than a double-edged sword. And so, Lord, we pray for the ministry of your word to take effect today as we hear it, Lord. And not only may we hear your word, but may we be doers of your word today. And so God, again, we give you all praise. We give you all honor. We give you all glory. And we are ready, God, for you to speak to us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's get started. As you all know, we are in the Psalms. We are slowly digging into these, this scripture, digging into these songs of praise, these songs of prayer, and we are unlocking the power. We are discovering kingdom keys that are found in, uh, in these songs, in these prayers through, uh, mostly through David as we're diving right into this first book of the Psalms, which are mostly written by, uh, um, David, the sweet 
psalmist of Israel. And so um, we are, you know, we are in week eight of this study now. And so um, as always, I'm going to give a quick recap of what we covered last week. Um, so that way, if you miss it, at least you get a little nugget here or there. And then this week, we are going to be diving into Psalm 18, which is a great song of deliverance. And we are actually going to take at probably two weeks in this, um, in this study, in this specific psalm and so we're calling this the great song of deliverance part one uh then after that we'll talk about some key takeaways i'll make some announcements upcoming events and things available um talk about uh you know just what's going on and then we will at the end take time for some prayer requests so uh, i hope that you can stick around with us for this full hour um i try to stick to the hour time frame i know a lot of folks are busy but we're carving out this time to spend it in his word and so I encourage you to stay. Um, if you're unable to stay the whole time, but you have a prayer request, please feel free to drop it into the chat and use the chat as much as possible. It helps me to feel not, it makes me feel connected to you and that I'm not just talking to myself here. Um, and so we pray that God is going to do mighty things during this time here. So what did we talk about last time? What did we learn? What keys did we talk about? We talked uh, we talked about the keys of taming the tongue. And so we were in a couple of different Psalms that David wrote where David revealed several keys for how to practice self-control with our words and to pursue holiness in the way that we talk, in the way that we live, in the way that we think. And this requires discipline. This requires diligence. It requires absolutely the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to, um, as children of God, as people who want to please the Lord, we need to be sure that we know how we ought to speak and how not to speak and to practice that self-control that the Lord gives us. Um, and so we talked about how we need to keep our tongue from false flattery, to, from lies, from speaking out of pride. Um, we also talked about how David said that he was deliberate about his decision to keep his mouth closed so that he wouldn't sin. And so we need to also be deliberate about our words to choose them wisely, choose them carefully, and to make the decision to practice restraint. We don't ever want to talk to somebody when we are full of emotion, full of um, anger even, or or whatever it is. We, we want to take a step back. We don't want to just let it all out at once, right? A wise person is careful and prudent about that. And so when you are deeply troubled, though, when you are deeply in distress, there's one place you can go where you can let it all out and freely let it out. And that is in the presence of the Lord. So when you're facing that, talk to God first before you talk to anybody else. Before you let people know a piece of your mind, let the Lord know how you're feeling and speak to him and release it because he is going to calm you down give you instruction, give you direction and how to handle the situation. Um, and so again, making sure that the words that we release and the actions that we take are pleasing to God so that the power of God's goodness and the power of his blessings can be released over our lives. No, We don't want to be our own blockage of his blessings, right? So we want to align ourselves with holy living, righteous living, uh, because those things, obedience to those things in scripture unlocks God's power, unlocks his goodness, unlocks his mercy. When we're merciful, God is merciful towards us. When we forgive, God can forgive us, right? We don't want to be our own blockage of the blessings of God in our life. So again, that was just a recap of where we were last week. And so today we're going to be going in a little bit of a different direction. And so we're going to be talking again about the great song of deliverance. Now, 
you read the Psalms, you read the ones specifically written by David, you're going to find out, you're going to see that there are many songs of deliverance. God was repeatedly delivering David from many of his troubles, from all of his troubles. And David always praised God because of that. In fact, Psalm 32, 7, David said, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. And so this is what God did for David. This is what God does for us. He surrounds us with songs of deliverance. He surrounds us with his protection. He surrounds us with his presence when we go to him, right? And he gives us a new song. He gives us the ability to have, to be able to recall the, the miracles of that God has done for us. And we can then release new songs of praise. And so if you know me for any amount of time and following this ministry for any amount of time, you know that I feel very passionate about this, right? Worship through song is a powerful way to experience the power of God, to experience his liberation, his freedom, his the chain-breaking power of our almighty God. And so while it can be easy, or easier, let's say, it can be easier to sing praises to God after a victory, after you've seen God show up, you just who you release that worship we know that david often worshiped before he saw the miracle david worshiped during his battle and he always worshiped afterwards and so this it's that constant state of worship that allowed david to see god move in some tremendous ways because of david's genuine and constant state of worship through prayer through praise, David experienced God's ground-shaking deliverances time and time again. And because of that, we can follow this, um, this blueprint that David had so that we too can experience the ground-shaking deliverances of God in our life. And so like I said before, there are so many songs of deliverances that David released unto God um, in thanksgiving of all that God had done for his life. But Psalm 18 is something special, okay? Psalm 18 is one of the most powerful songs of deliverance sung by King David. And it's actually one of the longest psalms in book one of the psalms, which is book one is Psalm 1 through 41. And so it is also fully captured in 2 Samuel chapter 22. So we know that when God repeats himself in scripture, we have to pay attention. We should pay attention because it is important. It was so important that it is fully documented in 2 Samuel. It is fully documented in the book of the Psalms. This was a Psalm that David, and we're gonna talk about it in a minute, but he released it at the end of his life. It's one of the last things written about David in 2 Samuel. And it's because it was this look back of just how God delivered him from all of his troubles. So it is powerful stuff. So powerful is going to take us two weeks to get through it all. So let's jump in. We're going to do a couple verses at a time because it's just so good. So first, I just want to read to you the subheading. We've been practicing this um, throughout these weeks where we're going to see what are these extra subheadings, what are these details that, that the Psalms give us so that way we can put better context to what we're reading. So this is actually, again, not only this is the longest Psalm, this is also the longest subheading under any of the Psalms, under any of the Psalms. And so Psalm 18 subheading says, to the chief musician, 
a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, then it goes into verse one. But before we even go into verse one, I feel like this subheading is a message in and of itself, right? There are details here that we can allow God to speak to us about. And so in, first of all, we know, we've seen this before, to the chief musician. Now there's two interpretations that we can take to this. We could see God as the chief musician, or we can see that David literally said, this is a song that I wrote that is not just a personal prayer. It's not just something I want to keep, you know, in my own journal, but I want it to be sung in the assembly. I want it to be sung in corporate worship. And we know that he sang it out loud because we get those details in Second Samuel chapter 22. And so it was not only written for that, for himself, for his own worship, but he wrote it to empower the people, to give the people a song that they too could cling to and declare the promises of God over. Then it says a Psalm of David, the servant of the Lord. Other subheadings just say a Psalm of David or a prayer of David. But here David, again, at the end of his life, he's declaring out of all the things that I've done, out of all the roles that I've had, I've been shepherd boy. I have been, you know, an armor bearer. I've been a great mighty warrior. I've been king. And yet at the end of his life, he goes, I am just David, the servant of the Lord. And then it says not only servant of the Lord, again, reminding us that David remained humbled. He remained humbled before the Lord at all times. I am his servant. But we also see that it says he spoke the words to the song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. So hand here is it was a typical dis- description of, 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 of someone having power over you, right? If you're under their hand, you're under their power, you're under their possession or under their control. So David was saying, I have been delivered from the power of my enemies. I have been delivered from the possession of my enemies. I have been delivered from the control of my enemies. And so this is how we too can see deliverance in this day is that when God delivers us, he may not be delivering us from physical armies coming against us, but he delivers us from the power of enemy tactics in our life. He he delivers us from being possessed by the enemy. He delivers us from being controlled by, by lies and fear and anxiety. He delivers us from those things as well. And an interesting thought here is that not only Does he say, the day that I was delivered from all of my enemies, but he separates and says, also from the hand of Saul. David honored Saul. Even after this defeat, after Saul is no longer a threat to him, but he's not counting Saul as one of his enemies. He says, I've been delivered from all the people coming against Israel, right? All of these armies, all of these nations that have come against us, I've been delivered from all of them and I've even been delivered from my own brethren. But he never sees Saul as one of his enemies. 
This is powerful. This is a word in and of itself. He's got, um, David was pretty much saying, God delivered me from his hand, but he was still a man anointed by God. He was still someone who was anointed to be king before me. He was still my fellow brethren. And because he was a man who was anointed by God, and because he's my brethren, he is never my enemy. Even if he was operating out of the will of God, even if the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, which we know that it did, David honored Saul in this way. And if we go back and study in Samuel, we can we can see that David, even though when he had chances to kill Saul, he never did. Right. He didn't want to be the one to do that. David wanted to properly come into his position. David knew he had anointing to be king. David knew that he would be taking it, but he didn't want to rob Saul from that position. He didn't want to be the one to take it out of his own power. He wanted God to be the one to do it. So even at the end of his life. Saul was still honored by David, by him saying, I, yeah, I was delivered from all of my enemies and also from the hand of Saul. Saul wasn't my enemy. He just happened to be operating not in the will of God, right? And so can we apply that to our lives, right? Can we say, even when our brother and sister in Christ is having a tough day and they wronged me by what they said and they, or, or, or they're being, they're, they're influenced by the enemy in this moment, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna see my brother in Christ as an enemy. I'm not gonna see my family member as an enemy. I'm not going to see, we're not going to see each other as the enemy, but we're going to know that, what does it say in Ephesians? That we don't fight against flesh and blood. We don't fight against each other, but we fight against principalities. We fight against a what's happening in the spirit. So yes, someone may have, be influenced by the enemy to come against you in a way, but we have to see them and honor them as still children of God and that they may be under influence, but they are not our enemy. Does anybody get in that? <laughs> I'm hoping that, that it makes sense because it was, again, a small detail, but it's a powerful one that I know that we can apply to our lives because even when someone comes to you and talks to you the wrong way, offends you, we can still love them and honor them at all times. Amen? All right, so here is where the beginning of David's great song of deliverance begins after he writes those that little subheading to notate when this was happening. And what does he say? He says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So David, what's the first thing that he does when he's declaring, you know, this great song of deliverance? He just releases high praise. This psalm is a beautiful de declaration directly from the heart of David to the ears of God. And he's proclaiming God's faithfulness to his promises. And this was just the beginning of a triumphant declaration that was made in a season of great triumph. This is years of history with the Lord years of victory and years of battles but years 
of victory that David could now say and release this song of deliverance. And David was giving high praise to God after God delivered him from all of his enemies from the hands of Saul. And he brought David great victory time and time again. And David loved God so sincerely and gave God all the glory for every victory that he obtained. He recognized God in so many different ways in this one breath of praise, right? He says, you're my deliverer, you're my protector, you're my shield, you're my rock, you're my strength. I mean, there's so much revelation here of who God is in this psalm. We're, and we're going to break this down here in just a minute. But this is what happens when we walk with God day in and day out. This is what happens when we can see that every battle, that every trial, that everything that we go through is for a greater purpose to be able to understand God in a greater way. David knew God personally because he trusted him in every scenario and saw God move so powerfully in every scenario and he gave God all the glory for it. So I'm going to bring back that verse up on the screen. If you're in, if you're on Facebook, then you'll be able to see it. If not, just have your Bible open to Psalm 18 and, and have verses one to two. And if you got a pen and paper, you're going to want to take some notes because there's so much that's revealed here. So first of all, let's go back to this first, first little couple words. I will love you. Oh Lord. I will love you. The word love here is actually super unique. We say love all the time. We can say, oh, I love this bread or I love my husband or I love my children. But this word that's used, it's a really unique word in the Hebrew. It's rasham. And this Hebrew word for love is used only here in all of the Old Testament for a person's, excuse me, for a person's love for God. It expresses an especially deep, tender emotion, a huge, just, just like really deep, passionate love. And this is the only time that it was used to describe someone's love for God. So David, his love for God was beyond what anyone else understood how we could love God, right? It was just so, so deep. And so not only that, you know, we, so and then someone said this over in our, our Zoom discussion on Monday night. We see that he starts this, this great psalm of deliverance by declaring it a love letter, right? He says, I will love you. I love you, God. I love you with everything that I have. Every part of my being just loves you. Amen. Yes, in the chat, so much reverence to God as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I love you, and then not only that I love you, but I will love you. We've talked about how David commonly writes and he says it in like this declaration type of way. I will love you. This is permanent affection towards the Lord. Lord, not only do I love you now, not only did I love you then, but I'm going to love you forever. My God, because you are all these things to me. He decided to love the Lord. He decided to go to a deeper place of intimacy with God, that it wasn't just to 
honor God with in 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 by sacrifices, but he decided to enter into a deep loving relationship with with God, right? And so this is what we need to decide to do that it's not just a Sunday faith, but that it is a a a relationship, an intimate relationship that it is a love that is deep and tender towards the Lord. And not only did he decide to love the Lord, but he felt compelled to love the Lord because God continued to deliver him so beautifully year after year, battle after battle. I will love the Lord. I will love you. I will love you. This is directly to him. Oh Lord, Yahweh, my strength. Now, strength is written two times in these two verses, but they're actually two different words in the Hebrew that we get strength. But this first time, the strength is, it's pretty much saying, Lord, you are the one who has empowered me. You are the one who has empowered me to survive against and defeat my enemies. I love you, oh Lord, because you have empowered me, because you have given me the strength. And he says, the Lord is my rock. This signifies a high place of shelter. This signifies safety. This signifies an unreachable, secure standing. If we look back at the way the, of, of, if you, I've never been to Jerusalem, but you know, if you look at, 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 documentaries or videos or, or textbooks about what it looks like pictures of what it looks like there it is a very rocky difficult terrain right and yet he's saying lord you've been my rock you've been you've been able to hide me you've been able to to shelter me in these jagged rocks you have you have taken me to a high place where my enemies don't dare climb you've taken me to a place that's unreachable and because it's unreachable i am secure there I am safe there. <coughs> Excuse me. So you are, the Lord is my rock. The Lord is the place where I hide and I can stand secure. Fortress is also, he says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. It's similar, you know, idea. But again, this is a place of strength, a place of safety. But the word here is meant, of, and a very important part of this being a fortress. It's the fact that it's immovable, right? You are a place of immovability, okay? I can go to the Lord and I cannot be shaken. I don't... Even if someone tries, I'm going to a place so secure that I, God's immovable, immovable. It is so secure. And so the Lord, you are my place of shelter, safety, unreachable and unmovable, secure foundation and my deliverer. Deliverer here connotates the rescuer, the one who made a way of escape, right? The one who, 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 who just comes and completely saves that even though, and we'll see when we continue to, to look at the details of this song, cause there's 50 verses. Um, he says, you know, I feel like sometimes I, I was trapped, right? Like in a net of the enemy's plans and schemes, but it's my God who's the deliverer who can see through all those schemes, can see through all of those trickery peace places and things and whatever the case may be and you're able to show me how to get out of here safely you are the one who rescues me and gives me a way 
out. You give me a way out of being under their control. You give me a way out of being under their power. You give me a way that I am not going to be subdued by my enemies, but in fact, I am going to escape from their grasp. Then he says, you're my God, right? Oh Lord, we, we've talked about this before. When he says Lord in all capital letters, this is referring to Yahweh. This is the Lord. This is Jehovah. This is, his name is Yahweh, right? But now he's saying Yahweh is my God. Yahweh is the mighty one, my strong God. He's the one I worship. He's the one that I know is, is, is in charge of everything. He's the one real God. You know, in the Hebrew, it's Ael, which we, we know that that's, um, you know, often when we see even say El Shaddai, right? That it's that El part, that it's the God part of it in the Hebrew. And so again, when he says, you're my God, he is signifying not only that you're the one that I worship, but you you are my strong God. You are mighty one. And again, mighty one is my strength. And also notice here that it's not just, you know, the Lord is a strength or he is a rock. He's my strength. He's my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength again, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. This is ownership. This is my God. This is personal, personal relationship with the Lord. And as I mentioned before, the second time that David talks about strength, this is actually a different Hebrew word than the one that's used in verse one. The idea behind this strength is that God is the fountain of his strength. God is the source of his strength. God is the origin of his strength. So he was saying, it's not that it's my strength. It's that God is the one who gives it to me. God is the one where I get it from. God is the one who is the origin of all strength. Nothing that I've done has been of my own strength. This is what David's saying. It has all been because of God. It has all been because I know because I've made him my God, because I know who he is, because I've served him. I worship him as the mightiest one, that he is my fountain of strength in whom I will trust. So I want to trust in him because he's my fountain. He has never failed me. He continues to provide strength for me. Even when I'm overcome, even when I feel weak, even when I'm, I'm, I'm here and I need to be there, right? God gives me the rest. He provides from his fountain of stability and strength. Shield. Shield, we've talked about this before a couple weeks ago. There's many Psalms that David says this. We talked about how it, it connotates a deeper, more profound protection, an all-around shield, a shield in the front, a shield in the back, a shield on the side. It is complete protection and also a defense. It is an ability to have even like that shield of faith that we can, that the fiery darts of the enemy may come, but God is my shield that quenches those fiery darts of the enemy. It protects me. It is my protection and my defense. And then the horn of my salvation. Horn is a symbol in the, in the Old Testament, in, 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 um, 
you know, ancient times to connotate strength and weapon of defense. We look at the horn of an animal. What was it? It's their weapon of defense. It is their means of protecting themselves. And so you didn't fight against, you know, one animal knew that if that animal has a horn, I I am at a disadvantage because they're going to use their horn against me. And so that is what that meant when you're the horn of my salvation. You're the strength of my salvation. You are the weapon of my defense. And so I even have a whole chapter in my book, Worship, Are You Making a Sound? That talks about how worship exalts our horn. It strengthens our horn. It gives us bigger horns to be able to fight against the things that are coming after us. And there's plenty of biblical um, biblical verses to back that up, right? And so here he says, you're, you're the weapon of my defense. You're the weapon of my salvation. You're my salvation. You save me. You rescue me. You deliver me. And you're the one who does it. You're the one who fights for me. And then stronghold. Stronghold again is a high tower of refuge where you could where he could see an enemy from a great distance, but all and also be protected from the adversary. So trusting in the Lord, God had been his 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 vantage point, his his um place of of of, of advantage, right? And so he could have strategy because he was looking from high up here, not from down here. Worship brings us to a place where the enemy can't reach us. Amen? Hallelujah. So this is a lot, especially if, you, if, you're on, if you're on Facebook, you see I got a lot of color coding and arrows and all this other thing. Because in this one breath of, 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 um, of worship, there's nine different things that he it describes God for, with, right? All these different ways that he's describing the Lord. So we, as I said before, trials reveal God. David declares such deep and profound revelation of who God is. Maybe before David knew these things to be true from a position of faith, but now, now David knew it to be true from firsthand experience. He goes, you're my God, you're my strength, you are my deliverer, because I've seen it happen. And that deeper revelation of God's power and salvation led David to release a new song, to release a new song of deliverance that continues to give us hope in the mighty and sovereign God that we still serve today we can pray these words we can worship the lord with these with these um with this song and even if you don't believe it yet you keep saying it over and over and over again you sing it until you believe it you sing it until it becomes so deep inside of you that you believe with all your heart that the lord is your rock and that he will help you through each and every battle and you know at the end of david's life he could have said a lot of things he could have declared, but he didn't. God, he gave me a really hard life. Uh, yeah, I know you called me from a young age, but man, you you allowed so much bad to come against me. You allowed so many enemies. You allowed for the king to 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 um you know be persecuting me. I had to hide out in caves. You know, then my my son died. Then this and then that. You know, like he could have looked back at his life and been like, man, I was dealt some a tough hand. And I went through so much, but that's not how he, when he looked back at his life, that's not what he said. He didn't declare that. Instead, he said, man, I love you, God. 
I love you and I will continue to love you because you, my Lord, oh God Almighty, have been everything to me. And despite everything that I went through, you gave me victory over all of my troubles, over all of my enemies, over everyone who rose up against me, over every situation. You proved your power, your strength. And because of that, I love you. I love you. You know, and and we often look at people who have gone through some stuff and we can feel sorry, right? We can be like, man, God, like, why, why does this happen? You know, it doesn't seem fair. You know, why, why would they have to lose so much? And, and, and we don't understand these things. But when we allow ourselves to submit to God, when we allow ourselves to submit our lives to him and just say, my life is just, it's, it's, it's a living sacrifice for you, God. Then we can see how God has actually been merciful in all that we went through, as opposed to seeing that everything was a punishment. Instead of seeing it as a punishment, seeing, man, how God, you showed up in such amazing ways and you never left me. And you always, you you just, you always showed up. And we're going to see how David describes the way God showed up. Powerful, powerful ways. And so I actually want to look at Psalm 18.3, so the next verse. And then compare it to a verse later in this chapter, Psalm 1841. So first verse three, David says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I call upon the name of the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Now let's compare that to when David is talking about his enemies in verse 41 of the same song. So he said, they cried out, but there was none to save. Even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. So why is it that David said, when I call upon the Lord, I'm going to be saved. But even when my enemies tried to call out to the Lord, you didn't hear them. You didn't answer them. Why is that the case? What is the difference between when David called out and when the enemy called out, right? The enemy coming against him. And so I, you know, I, this is the way I talk to the Lord. I'm like, well, what's the difference here, right? Like I, I thought it said, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How come even when it says, even to the Lord, they called out, but you didn't answer them. How come you didn't answer them? Well, it's here that I think here the difference is the way they called out. David called out because he knew God was worthy to be praised. He had relationship with God. He knew God, honored God, lived a life where God was number one. These enemies were calling out God in a way that they were trying to come against David who David was his was the Lord's anointed and so if we call out to God in an ingenuine way with selfish desires in a situation where we're trying to ask for something that's against the will of God God's not going to answer that right God's not going to answer it just because they were calling out like a last resort last resort so David was saved because he knew God's worth. He goes, I called on the name of the Lord because I know that he's worthy to be praised. 
right? In just one sentence of praise, like I said before, David just finished describing God in nine different ways. David knew God through the intimacy of worship. And because he knew God, he understood that God was worthy to be praised at all times and lived a lifestyle of worship and prayer. Because David worshiped, because David praised, because David prayed, God heard him and God responded to him and saved him. The others might have called out as a last resort, say maybe this will work if we also call on God the same way David's calling on God, but they did not honor God with their lives. They didn't know that God was worthy to be praised or didn't live their lives in such ways. And because of that reason, God didn't help them because they were asking with impure intentions. And so as I was reading a few commentaries on this exact verse, I came across something that was written by a Joseph A. Alexander. Now, this commenta commentary was written in 1864, okay? Just so that you know, I like to do a lot of research when I'm preparing for these Bible studies. But he said in his commentary, they who cry and are not heard, as we read in verse 41 below, they cry indeed to Jehovah, but they do not invoke him as the one to be praised they do not see him as he is and cannot pray to him as they ought they ask and receive not because they ask amiss they ask amiss and so that is also referenced in james right james chapter 4 which i don't have that up on the screen but i'm just going to pull it up really quick here um, from my Bible here that I have on the side. So James chapter four. Oh, here it is. James chapter four. Where are you at? All right. James chapter four says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. So when we ask amiss, we're asking out of alignment of the will of God. We're asking for selfish reasons, right? And so if we ask out of, if we pray to God, even if we're calling out to him, but if we're asking for the wrong reason, with the wrong intention and out of the will of God, that's not going to be answered, right? But when we ask in the will of God. We ask because we want God to be glorified. We ask because we know he's worthy to be praised and he's capable. Then those prayers will be answered. Even Jesus said, right? If you ask, if you ask anything that in the will of God, God's going to answer you. And how do we know the will of God? We spend time in prayer. We spend time in his word. We spend time in worship and are revealed who he is. And we are therefore able to ask rightly. When we ask something in the will of God, it shall come to pass. Amen. Does that make sense, everybody? It was an interesting dynamic here, but it's important for us to know that we don't, we, when we cry out to the Lord with authenticity and because we, we know who he is and know that he's capable, he's going to answer you. When we cry out to the Lord, he will save us, but God can't also be manipulated right? He can't be manipulated by evil people just because his name is great, right? He's not going to align himself with the enemy just to prove a point. He is who he is and he doesn't have to prove anything at all. Amen? All right. So when we acknowledge that God is worthy to be praised, when we love him genuinely and trust in his amazing character, we can expect God to show up. We can expect him to. Because it's who he is. 
And so the next section of this psalm gives us a dramatically vivid description of just how powerfully God intervenes in the lives of those who trust in him, okay? Not only did, did God show up dramatically for David, but God has a history of showing up dramatically for all of his people, and therefore we can expect that for ourselves as well. So I'm going to read from verses 4 through 19, I believe. Yes, through 19. And then we're going to summarize this because I know we're kind of running out of time here. So picking up in verse 4, Psalm 18. The pangs of death surrounded me and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. First of all, David is admitting that he felt, I'm going to die. I'm afraid that I'm going to die. I'm afraid of all of these evil people around me. He's admitting this, okay? This is now this is now talking about what he went through. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry came before him even to his ears. Verse seven, then the earth shook and trembled. Come on, this is some good stuff. The earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him, his thick clouds passed with hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered the foe. Lightnings in abundance and he vanquished them. Verse 15, then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils, he sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. So that was Psalm 18 verses 4 to 19. So let's summarize what David is saying here. First of all, God showed up. God showed up in so many different ways. But David doesn't take any credit for any of his victories. He gave God all the glory. He says, I just told you that God was my shield, that God was this, that God was that. And I'm going to show you now the details of how it is that God allowed us to win every time. It was always God. It was always God who showed up. This is how he did it. God heard me when I cried out to him in distress and he came down from heaven. All right. He, cause he says, God heard me from his temple, 
But the fun fact here is that the temple in Jerusalem wasn't even built yet. Okay. So David was not referring to a physical temple. He said, God heard me from the heavens. God heard me from his holy place, from his palace in the heavens. God heard me and he came down to rescue me. David compares God's majestic deliverance and his mighty intervention on his behalf as these spectacular cataclysms in nature, right? And so according to David's description, he goes, God did whatever was necessary to answer my call. God moved heaven. God moved sky. God moved earth and sea to deliver David. And so if God moved earth, heaven, sky, and sea to deliver David, then he can do it for you. And there is nothing impossible because God is not. God's not happy when you are in distress. God is actually angry that the enemy is coming after you. The enemy might have asked permission to sift you, but God is still not sitting there happy that you're being sifted. No, he's coming and the vengeance is him. And he's coming with smoke coming out of his nostrils. He's coming with fire in his mouth and he's coming to not make you afraid, but to bring fear and deliverance, to bring fear to your enemy and deliverance to you. So yes, God was angry of all these enemies coming against David and most importantly coming against Israel, right? It wasn't just about David. It was about the people of God. So David describes God as being angry because of the work of the enemy in David's life. Now, the terminology that David emphasizes here or that David uses emphasizes the judgment of God. It does sound harsh. It almost like if you're really looking at it, it sounds kind of scary. God is tremendous in the way that he's coming down with this smoke coming out of his nostrils, fire out of his mouth, right? The, you can just see his feet or the clouds under his feet are dark, right? He's angry at the enemy. But since the judgment is directed against David's enemies, it means deliverance for David. David is seeing God move and he's going, ha ha, there's my God. There's God being my shield. There's God being my strength. There's God being my high rock. But the enemy is running and the enemy is afraid and the enemy is being defeated, right? There is a larger principle here. We need to understand that deliverance for a righteous person or a righteous people of God often means judgment against those who oppress them. Okay, I've said it before. We may, we may not be, you know, fighting a physical enemy, a physical war in our front yard, but there is oppression in our lives. There is enemy tactics to try to make you believe that you are worthless, to try to make you believe that your life is not worth living, to try to make you believe that you should commit suicide, try to make you believe that, that, that you are defeated, that there's no hope, that there is nothing that you, that you have no identity. And we need to come against that in the name of Jesus. And when you call out to God and when you say, God, come and deliver me from this anxiety, deliver me from this depression, deliver me from this burden that I feel, this oppression in my life, then you better believe that God is showing up mighty and powerfully and thunderous. And the, and the demons in your life are running away scared. They are running out of your life because when God shows up, he, there cannot be any more bondage in your, in, in that place, in the presence of God, there is freedom and there's fullness of joy. My God. And so, you know, a question that I asked, um, in our group on, on Monday night is, are we to understand this just as like a poetic description or are we to take this literally? 
What do you guys think? Do you think that God showed up with smoke coming out of his nostrils? Do you believe that, that, that there was hailstones and coals of fire falling from the sky? Or do you think that David is just writing this as a, you know, just again, as, as a poem to be descriptive? I think that it's a little bit of both, okay? When David is describing this because he's clearly talented in writing, right? He's able to write this poetically and beautifully, but he's drawing on real life experiences. He is talking about um, God coming through earth with earthquakes and thunder and storms and lightning, right? But the, these, these images are coming from real and historical ways that God delivered Israel from Egypt, right? He said, you were like a fiery cloud. How did the Egyptian or how did the Israelites make their way out of Egypt? They followed a cloud. They followed the fire. How, he said all of a sudden, right? He goes, all of a sudden you pulled me out of the, the channels of the sea were seen. God did it. Bro. The Red Sea parting, okay? God delivered Israel that way. Or at Mount Sinai, God responding with fire to light up, you know, the 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 um the the offering, right? And during the conquest of Canaan under Joshua, there was literal hailstones that came down, and that's how Joshua it was able to win the battle because this is the hailstones actually kills more people than they physically did. And so if, if we know that there's instances in the Bible where a storm was in their favor, where hail came from nowhere, right? Where again, they th we could say, oh, that storm came out of nowhere. But David was going back and going, that was you, God. That was you sending that earthquake. That was you sending that hailstorm because you were fighting on our behalf. And so if, if ancient Egypt saw that, you know, these or the Israelites in the ancient Egypt time saw deliverance like that. If Joshua saw deliverances like that, you don't think that David saw deliverances like that? Absolutely, he did. There is no denying. It is entirely possible, if not highly probable, that he also literally saw such phenomenon in his life that was sent from God to protect him and to fight for him. There's another instance where um, here in, in, in Psalm 18, he says, uh, where is it? Do, 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 do. My God, it's, it's, do, do. let's see. He said, you rode upon a cherub and flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind. If you go to 1 Samuel, I think it's chapter 6, David asked the Lord if he should go against the Philistines. And the Lord told him, yes. You're going to win this battle, but you need to wait for me to show up first. And when you hear the the, whist, the the rustling in the leaves, know that after you hear the rustling in the leaves, after you hear the wind coming through the leaves, that's me going before you and then you follow. So this is literal examples of, was that just wind blowing? No, that was the, the, the Lord God of angel armies coming down on his chariot throne. Okay. Coming with, with, with all the hosts of heaven to go and fight before them. And so we see that this is David talking about real experiences that he saw. And as he looked back at his life and wrote this song, David is able to see how God was moving throughout the years in so many different ways on God's, on David's behalf. He could look back and say, man, that was you, God. That was you. And how many times can we, you know, we look back Actually, I think it was Sister Janice on, on Monday who said, you know, that there's this quote that says, those who, 
Uh, those who pray to God about everything end up seeing God in everything, right? And so we can see when we look back at our life and in the moment we may be like, wow, I don't know why this storm happened. I don't know why there was an earthquake, why it felt like this and that happened. But then we look back and hindsight is always 2020 where we can see, man, that was you, God. That was you operating. That was you. that was actually your mercy. That was actually your goodness, God. I didn't understand it in the moment, but now that I see, that wasn't just a random thing that happened. That was you and it was your kindness and it was your grace that was allowing us to go in a different direction, that was allowing us to do change things up, that was making us move to a different place. Whatever it is, when we, when we can trust that God is moving, we can see him in every little detail and in every big detail right? God can move mountains on our behalf. And so remember that worship has power. We can, another example, New Testament example. Think about the time that Paul and Silas were imprisoned in the innermost jail. What were they doing at midnight? They were singing. They were singing hymns. They were worshiping God. And then how did God intervene suddenly? Suddenly there was an earthquake. Okay. This was not a figurative earthquake. This was a literal earthquake that shook, that shook the entire prison. And because the entire prison shook their chains that were normally, again, stuck to rocks, that, that rock now broke and all of their chains were loose. And so there is evidence that God does shake things up on our behalf when we live a lifestyle of worship so may we realize like David knew to be true like Paul and Silas knew to be true that our worship our prayer our praise it has monumental effects both on earth and in heaven we serve a God who shakes the earth and personally intervenes in our situations when we call out to him what an awesome God that is that we serve. He is worthy of our praise. And if we acknowledge and know him to be worthy, we will give him our best praise and we will sing of him and tell about him. Because remember, God is delighted to deliver you. You know, sometimes I have conversations with people and, and people say, well, I don't know if I should pray to God about that. I don't, I, isn't that too trivial? Like God's, there's bigger things in the world that God needs to worry about. He's not worried about me. I'm going to tell you right now, God is worried about you. And he does care. He does care about every, every detail of your life. And he delights in delivering you. He delights in it. All you have to do is call upon him and you will be saved. If you really want God's help, if you really know that he's the only one you will be saved. It is a promise. It is a promise. And he is more than happy to do it. More than happy. All right. Whew, almost one o'clock. So next week <laughs> will be part two of this study. Okay. We're going to study the second half of this Psalm next week. I encourage you to read through Psalm 18, pray through it, worship through it. Uh, these verses are powerful and there's still like probably three more sections of this psalm that we're going to we're going to dissect over um, over the next week. And so, again, stay in it, have the Lord reveal it to you and use this language because it's powerful in your worship onto the Lord. All right. Practical application, personal 
practical and personal application. What are we going to take away from today? What did God speak to you today, right? How did he reveal himself to you? How did he remind you um, of who he is? Or, or what is it that you're going to grasp from today? Hold on to say, yep, that was for me. That was for me. Tell me in the chat. Okay. Tell me in the chat. And I add, so do this for a couple of reasons. One, it reiterates it for yourself, right? Also, it maybe you got something that someone else didn't get. And by you writing it, it it's like, oh yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to remember that. Let me write that down. But also when, especially on Facebook, this live stays there forever, right? Those comments stay there forever. And even if somebody doesn't click into the video, they might see your comment. And that one statement that says, God is my deliverer can be a life-changing comment for them. It could be God speaking to them directly. And so I encourage you to take the time to write in the chat what you are taking away from today. Um, and even if you're watching this on the replay, comment, comment, leave it, leave it there because you don't know who you can impact by you leaving that one little takeaway. Amen. And it might be a big takeaway, <laughs> not just little. The little things are often the biggest. Amen. So while you write it, I'm going to give you a couple that I want to be sure that we're reiterating and remembering. First of all, give God all the glory in your life. He alone is worthy of our praise. David, did, David didn't say, man, because I was so good at singing, because I'm so good on the harp, because I'm so good at being a shepherd, because I really know how to use a sword. No, he didn't say any of those things. He said, God did this all for me. He alone, God alone provides us with protection and salvation. We are standing here today, breathing here today because God has allowed it. It's not because of our own strength. It's because God has been merciful and gracious and working on our behalf. Just the fact that your heart is working right now is God working on your behalf. The fact that you're breathing is God working on your behalf. May we see God in everything and give him praise for it all. Let's learn to love God like David did. Let's learn to love God deeply by choosing to spend time in intimacy with God. The admiration for God, the devotion for God, it will follow the revelation of who God is, right? When we spend time in his presence, we get to know more about who his character is, who he is. When we read his word, we're revealed more of who he is. And then we can admire him and love on him and, and, um, and yes, God loves us in ways that we cannot comprehend and we'll be able to understand that. And then also it's this love, affection back and forth. I love you. No, I love you. I love you. No, I love you. Right. And that's the type of relationship that God wants to have with you. And remember that God is still in the business of deliverance. Let's worship until something happens. Let's worship until there's some earthquakes happening in your life. Let's worship until something breaks. Let's worship until something shifts in the atmosphere. Let us pray and praise until God shows up because we got to trust that he will. We know that he will. There's evidence that he has and that he continue to, and he will continue to do so. God is, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he showed up like this for them, he can show up like that for you and I. And so remember that God wants to see you free. He wants you living free. He wants you living in the freedom of his spirit, of his love, of his revelation, of everything that he has for you. He wants you to live life and life in abundance. Amen. All right. Anything else in the chat?
<laughs> so helpful. Amen. Yes, that is powerful indeed. So good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. God is our deliverer. Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, once again, we just, we give you glory. God, Lord, I'm going to pray this psalm back to you, God. Lord, I will love you. Lord, you are my strength. The Lord, you, oh God, you are my rock. You are my fortress. You are my deliverer. You are my God. You are my strength. And I will put my trust in you, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my strong hold. Lord, we declare this word over our lives, over us. We believe it, Lord. We say, right now that this is what we believe and this is what we know to be true that you are all of these things for us and so god i pray that you will remind us that you are a powerful god who wants to deliver us from all of our troubles from all of our enemies from every single place you don't want the enemy to have any foothold in our life but instead that we would find rescue and strength and safety in you as our stronghold god lord we thank you and we give you glory in jesus name amen uh, Angie in the chat over here on Facebook says, I just wanted to share. I've had two friends reach out to me that haven't been to church or anything, but wanted to go to the worship and waffles event. They already paid for it. Amen. Because part of the workshop, uh, become part of the workshop and wanted to join the Bible studies as well. God is moving in so many ways. Amen. Thank you so much, Angie. That is awesome. And I'm so glad that you are um, sharing this with others and um, allowing yourself to be used as well. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Yes. In our deepest despair, this is over here on Instagram, mom and pops, in our deepest despair and when we are ready to give up, God shows up. Yes, he does. Yes, yes, yes. All right. I'm going to be taking prayer requests in a couple of minutes. I'm going to do the announcements first, but if you have a prayer request, please put it in the chat now so that we can, um, uh, we can lift them up. Amen. All right. So, uh, there's our weekly schedule. Monday nights, we have Zoom. Tuesday, I do the PDF downloads and send it out via email with a few reminders. So if you are officially registered for this study, go to your email, check it. The PDF is there. I also included the breakdown of Psalm 1, uh, 18 verses 1 and 2 to save it as an image. That was something that the ladies have requested on Monday night. So I did send it in the email. So if you haven't checked your email yet, please do. Um, I also am loading everything up into the workshop. And so you could... The workshop is our online learning portal. I encourage you to make a login, find previous week's PDFs as long as um, in addition to this one. And I also load this recap video in there as well so that you can rewatch it at any time and have the PDF and all the downloads, the journal pages as well. It's all in there. Um, and then as long as there's a Monday night discussion, we have a Wednesday live here on Facebook live as well as Instagram live. Um, and then next week we're gonna do part two of this study. And so um, stay tuned. If you don't already connect with the Soul of Worship Ministry, I encourage you to do so. You can follow on Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, the workshop that I just mentioned, YouTube as well. And if you feel so led, you can support the Soul of Worship Ministry. You can sew into sew at soulofworship.com forward slash partner. You can do a one-time gift or recurring if you so feel led. Or if you want to support the ministry shop, we have t-shirts and mugs and books and um, you know things for kids and adults and um, also printables. And so we encourage you 
you to visit and just see what we got going on there. Uh, some new things will be coming very soon as well. Um, you know, Angie had mentioned the waffles and worship event. So I have the um, flyer up on the screen now. This is uh, one of our first events of 2023 for the Soul of Worship ministry. It's going to be a fundraiser for supporting our summer um, rallies that we do. So we encourage you to come on out on March 11th. That's a Saturday at 10 a.m. We're going to have a top your own waffle buffet. Um, and then after we have a that nice brunch breakfast, uh, then we're going to break up into two groups. The teens and adults are going to stay with me and we're going to be learning uh, from the book, Worship, Are You Making a Sound? And then we're going to take the kids ages three to 12 um, for a separate Praise Kids Raising Up Worship Warriors class. And so if you want to participate, please secure your seat um, at soulofworship.com forward slash events. There you can grab your ticket. Um, and again, it is a fundraiser for the ministry. And so we thank you so much for grabbing uh, your tickets ahead of time. We do have a limited space available. We want it to be, you know, not too big, but an opportunity for us to fellowship together and truly learn face-to-face, uh, -face, not just on Zoom. And so um, if you want to be there, get your ticket. <laughs> and if you have any questions, let me know. Uh, also continuing to encourage you as we, we're still in the winter season that the winter mini unit for our Praise Kids um, ministry is also still available at soulofworship.com forward slash shop. There's still plenty that you can do in January, February um, time frame with your kids. I even just worked through it with my kids this week as well. Um, and, and again, we could just continue to have your kid, if your kids are going to work on learning their letters or coloring a page, it might as well be something that's edifying and where you can at least talk to them for a few minutes about God um, and teach them some foundational truths. If you would like to learn more about the power of worship, um, I mentioned that we're going to be learning in the worship and waffles um, events from the worship, are you making a sound? Um, or Waffles in Worship. I think I said it backwards, but either way, this is the book that the Lord allowed me to write. Uh, worship, Are You Making a Sound? A 12-week Bible study a journey. Um, and so if you would like a copy of the book, you can order it from my website, or you can also order from Amazon or wherever books are sold. Um, and I also made um, an online course based on the book. So there's a video lesson that goes with every single one of these chapters. Um, and if you want to get into the course, uh, you can, it's a self-paced study, so already pre-recorded videos, you can do so at soulofworship.com forward slash course. Um, and then that way you can watch it at any time, whatever works for your schedule and continue to dive deep into the power of worship. Now it's separate than the Psalm study that we're doing. It goes through all, you know, many, many scriptures throughout Old and New Testament um, of just how powerful worship is in our lives. All right, those are all of my announcements. Um, and so uh, I want to lift up those prayer requests. I know a few came through on Instagram. And so let's go ahead and start. But if you have any more, please let me know. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Please pray for all sick, struggling, and in despair. Yes, Father God, right now we come before your presence thanking you, my Lord, because you are awesome and mighty and powerful and able to deliver us from everything that is affecting us and oppressing us, Father God. Release us, Father God, right now from the control or possession um, of the enemy. And Lord, in any which way or form, Lord, deliver us from all sickness, Father God. Lord, we pray for healing over the bodies of your children, Lord. I pray for all those in our families that may be sick right now lord we present them to you and we pray for a healing right now over each and every one of their bodies father god in the name of jesus for your for your honor for your glory god lord that we can testify that you time and time again continue to heal and deliver us from all sicknesses god we also pray 
for all those who may be struggling, Lord, with or in despair in any way, Father God, Lord, we pray for your presence to be revealed. We pray for your ministering angels. We pray, Father God, for you to show up in, in miraculous ways, in unique ways that people can see, Lord, that they, they've received a token from heaven, that they've received, Lord, uh, you know, comfort from you, Lord, in little ways. Show them that, that their lives matter and that they are um, precious in your sight, God, and Lord, that you are with them, that you have never left them and that you will never forsake them and that they could draw near to you father god lord lord i pray for those who may be struggling with fear or anxiety or depression my god lord those who are just you know overcome by grief or despair in any way lord i pray that you would draw them into you that they would seek you that they would want to pray more that they would know that they need to rely on your strength and not their own and through that god that you would reveal to them just how great you are and that you will set them free from all that it is um, oppressing them right now in their lives or we we declare your freedom right now in our lives Lord that we can walk in your freedom because where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom and we stand on that promise God and we stand and believe that you are our great deliverer our help our refuge our strength in Jesus name hallelujah Yes, Sister Gidget says, I'd like for us to come in agreement for prayers for California. My friend lives there and has been dealing with severe flooding um, where some people have been evacuated from their homes. Roads are closed, trees down, electricity has been affected, sinkholes in some areas. They need God's hand to perform miracles in their life, strength to endure and comfort for all. So Father God, Lord, we know that you move through nature, God, through nature, the physical things that we see, we know that you move through that, Father God. And and so, Lord, we're praying for mercy over those who live in California, those, you know, dear, dear friends and family members that we may know, Father God, that are affected by the severe flooding. And Lord, we pray for mercy over your people, mercy over those who trust in you, Father God. Allow them to see your hand as you deliver them from these things, Father God. Lord, we don't know why they have occurred. They could be your hand judging against others, Father God, but we pray that you will spare your remnant, that you will spare your people, that you would spare and have mercy over them, Father God, and that you would allow them to see that you are in charge of all, that you are, you are, that you reign over the entire universe. And when we see you in all things, we can acknowledge your greatness. We can reverence you and see you as the awesome, mighty God that you are and turn our lives and all of our trust in you. And when we do that, we will see miracles. We will see things move on our behalf. So Lord, we pray for your will to be done in their lives and that for you to give them strength to endure, Lord, and bring them comfort, Lord. Um, and your, your name will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we also lift up prayers for Sarah Flora. She's requesting prayer for strength, Lord. Lord, she's praying for strength right now, God. Lord, you you tell us that you, you empower us and that you are our fountain of strength. And so, Lord, I declare that you would release as the source of our strength, that you would release fresh strength over our sister Sarah right now father God Lord and she also prays for wisdom father God in 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 her life father and it, as she navigates new changes at her workplace and in the roles at her job father God Lord I pray that you would grant her the wisdom that she asked for Lord you never turn turn down someone who's asking for knowledge and and seeking you and seeking wisdom so Lord give her the wisdom that's necessary so that she could be make wise decisions and that she'll represent you well in this new role Father God, Lord, we also 
we lord we we bless her and her marriage as today is their anniversary that is awesome lord we bless sarah's marriage we bless her and her husband lord we pray that you would continue to unite them father god lord i pray that you would continue to bless them that you would honor them father god that you would strengthen their marriage that lord i pray just for a fresh deposit of love into their lives lord a deep emotional crazy act for each other type of love that would just Fill them up, God, that would give them the, the strength to endure all of life's challenges, Lord, but that love would be the center because, God, you are love. And so be the center of their life and allow them to honor each other and, and bless each other and help each other. And I, I'm recalling what was said at, at my wedding and that it's each other's job to get each other to heaven. And so, Father God, I pray that they would see that as their role, that they would help each other get to heaven, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Yes, happy anniversary. Today's the anniversary of my first date with my real date with my husband. <laughs> think I should get some Thai food today. What do you guys think? <laughs> amen. Amen. All right. So bless. I bless you all in the name of Jesus. Um, I pray that you have a wonderful rest of the day, that the Lord would continue to speak to you and minister to you and make himself real to you. Um, and so I love you. You know where to find me if you need me. And I pray you have a wonderful rest of the day. <laughs> yes, amen, definitely. <laughs> Bye, guys. God bless you. Are you walking through a season of barrenness? Do you need to stir up spiritual growth in your life? In worship, are you making a sound? Author Sarah Marie Popolo shares praise and worship that will transform your walk with the Lord. You'll gain new insight into the powerful tool God has given you in worship. Walk through this 12-week Bible study and learn how to use your voice to declare God's promises over your life and watch your desert flourish into a garden of praise and triumph. Available at Amazon, your local bookstore, or at Trilogy.tv. As a reminder, this Bible study is available as a PDF download on my online learning portal called The Workshop. To download this study with all of the notes and scripture references, please go to www.soulofworship.com forward slash workshop and join our community. The link is also in the show notes. All right, that's it for today's episode. Don't forget to follow the Soul of Worship Ministry on Instagram and Facebook and join the email newsletter so you never miss out on new Bible study resources and live Bible study and worship events. Find it all on www.soulofworship.com. Until next time, keep on praising.